Welcome to the second hour of the Jennifer and Wendy Show on this Thursday, February the 29th. We're going to get started here with KTRS legal analyst Greg Willard, St. Louis University law professor, backed by popular demand uh, to talk about what just happened with the Supreme Court and Donald Trump's trial schedule. Professor Willard, thank you for joining us. Jennifer, great to be with you and Wendy, as always. Can you set us straight on this one? What is happening? Oh, my goodness. Uh, I'm old enough to remember uh, the, the soap opera As the World Turns, and I think we, we have an epic uh, chapter in that uh, with Mr. Trump. What happened yesterday emanates out of one of his four, count them four, uh, criminal indictments. This one in D.C. Mr. Trump has been indicted on four felony counts with respect to what is alleged to have been his criminal activity and criminal conspiracy relating to the Electoral College count and the events leading up to January 6th. So that case is pending in the district, federal district court in Washington. Mr. Trump filed a motion to dismiss the entire indictment, and he claimed that As president, he has absolute, complete, and total immunity from being charged criminally with actions he took while president. The federal judge presiding over his case dismissed that motion and said, no, presidents are not kings, and you do not have absolute immunity. He appealed to the United States Court of Appeals in Washington. And by a vote of three to zero, they resoundingly agreed with the trial judge and said, presidents do not have absolute immunity for crimes that they committed while in office. Mr. Trump then was caught in a procedural conundrum uh, in terms of continuing to drag this out. So he asked the United States Supreme Court to block uh, enforcement of the Court of Appeals order uh, until he finished his appeals there and until he had a chance to have the Supreme Court hear it. The special counsel who is prosecuting Mr. Trump said to the Supreme Court, look, either send the case down and let's get going with the trial, or you, Supreme Court, need to decide this issue once and for all. We we can't leave the American people in limbo. Uh, Yesterday afternoon at 5 o'clock, the United States Supreme Court entered an order that said, number one, we are going to decide this question once and for all as to whether a president has absolute immunity. Number two, they ordered that the briefs, the legal briefs, be filed on an expedited schedule. And number three, they ordered that the oral argument of the case 
be held sometime in the, around the third week in April. They haven't set a specific morning yet, but sometime the third week of April. So when we get up today on a Thursday morning, uh, we find ourselves with uh, the United States Supreme Court is about to tell us whether our presidents are kings and whether under our Constitution a president is entitled to complete and absolute immunity and therefore uh, can commit criminal acts uh, without consequences. We will get the answer sometime between that oral argument the third week in April and when this term of the court concludes at the end of June, Jennifer. Is it is it incorrect of me to say that the that the hour that this is finally announced, I I think it will be similar to the reaction to the OJ verdict. I mean, I think it is I think it is going to be that widely um, reported. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's going to be that divisive. Is is that incorrect of me to feel that way? Because- absolutely, uh, absolutely, a, a spot on observation with sort of one asterisk. Uh, Unlike, say, a criminal trial where the jury sends a note out and says, Your Honor, we have reached a verdict, and and the drum roll begins, we don't get a heads up as to when the Supreme Court is going to issue its ruling. Uh, Now, occasionally they will announce that they are going to appear in the courtroom to announce an opinion, and people can read the tea leaves. So I think – more likely, Jennifer or Wendy, uh, the uh, opinion, the decision will be announced without much of a fanfare leading up to it. But you are absolutely right. Once it's announced, at least half of the uh, public square will be angry as hops, Wendy. And so if there is a trial, when would that be? Uh, that, that, my friend, is the $64,000 question. Um, we can sort of do a little third-grade math uh, to, to arrive at it, and it kind of goes like this. Let's assume, as I think most people do, that Donald Trump is going to lose on this question that he has absolute immunity. So the Supreme Court will send the case back down to Judge Chutkin for a trial. So let, let's just say that, that it's argued the third week in April and it's decided uh, June 1st. Uh, Judge Shutkin had already said that she was going to allow approximately 90 days for pretrial uh, matters and discovery. Well, that gets us then out to December 1st. Jennifer, then uh, there will be what are called motions in limine, evidentiary motions and the like. And let's assume that that takes 60 days. Sometimes it takes six months, but let's say it takes 60 days. Well, now you're out at November 1st. Uh, How long is it going to take to impanel a jury? Let's assume 30 days. 
So now we're at December 1st. So a rough third grade order of math tells me, Jennifer, that Mr. Trump's strategy of delay until after the election, at least as to this case, uh, has been a shining success. Said another way, the prospect that he will have to face a trial with a jury in Washington before Election Day in this case is getting slimmer and slimmer by the day, uh, with emphasis on slimmer, Jennifer. So if he became president, then would he have to stand trial? No. Uh, what he will do is uh, a couple of things, and let me just put a, an important marker down for our listeners. We are talking about federal charges. So if these federal charges are pending when he takes the oath of office on January 20th of 2025, if he does, uh, I think two things will probably happen. Number one, he will, as president, instruct the Justice Department to dismiss all of these charges. And number two, he will give himself a pardon. Mm -hmm. Uh, As sure as the three of us are on the air with our listeners, (laughs) if he's elected president, that's going to happen. (laughs) Now, the reason I said emphasize federal is this. He has two very significant state criminal charges pending against him. One, a 34-count indictment in New York, and another, uh, a multi-count indictment in Georgia. If he becomes president on January 20th, 2025, there is nothing that a president, Donald Trump, Joe Biden, Abraham Lincoln, George Washington, there is nothing that a president of the United States can do to interfere, stop, block, cancel, dismiss state court prosecutions. Those cases will continue to be pending as if and when uh, Mr. Trump uh, assumes the presidency in January of next year, Jennifer. Hypothetically, how would you feel, Greg Willard, if you were one of those lawyers bringing those state criminal charges against the sitting president, should that sitting president be Donald Trump? Well, uh, I would, I, like I think most prosecutors, state or federal, would take my constitutional oath very seriously. And on the one hand, I would have a constitutional oath to the people of my state uh, to prosecute the case. On the other hand, that constitutional oath that I take, Jennifer, is also to the Constitution of the United States. And there's a really, really difficult but important issue embedded in your question there. And that is, can an individual state prosecute the head of the executive branch of the federal government while he or she is sitting in that office. So back to your question, what would I do? Uh, I would uh, probably uh, punt in the sense that I would, I would take the issue to the court. Mm-hmm. 
and say, I need I need guidance. I can't be the decider. I am the prosecutor. I need guidance from you, judiciary, as to constitutionally what what happens to this case. Not not whether it goes away, because it's not going to go away, but does it have to be held in abeyance while he's president or as the Supreme Court told us with Bill Clinton, with civil damage suits, the Supreme Court said Paula Jones's civil damages suit could continue. So is that the answer? So, um, so I mean, is this a gray area? Yes, it's a very, it is a it is a definitional gray area, Jennifer, in terms of whether a state prosecutor can prosecute a sitting president for crimes while he is president. That is different from this issue that the Supreme Court agreed to hear yesterday, and that is whether the president has blanket immunity. He gets a get-out-of-monopoly board game, get-out-of-jail-free card. Very important for our listeners because every single cable news station I watched last night missed this. But your question highlights it. Mr. Jack Smith, the special counsel, the prosecutor in this D.C. case, he asked the court to decide the question of whether a president has absolute immunity as to federal crimes. Our listeners can go and read the order the Supreme Court yesterday entered. The Supreme Court said, we are going to decide whether he can be prosecuted uh, for any acts, state or federal crimes. So back to your question, you know, whether this state prosecution could go forward, what the court is doing is the court, I think, is saying implicitly in this very, very new – it's one word, but it's a, it's a big change that the court made yesterday in their order with one word. What they're saying is we're not going to limit our review as to whether a president has absolute immunity for federal crimes. We are going to look at whether he has absolute immunity for state and federal. The reason I think that happened, Jennifer – and I'm not being critical of Mr. Trump's lawyers, but their timing was horrible. Uh, about a week ago, down in the Georgia prosecution, they stated that they are going to ask to have those charges dismissed on presidential immunity, those state charges. Well, I think, as the saying goes, the United States Supreme Court was born at night, but not last night. And I think that somebody probably picked up on that and said, hey, um, fellow justices, look what's going on in Georgia. We we can't put the country through this again. We're going to decide this issue once and for all, and we'll get we'll get the decision sometime after the third week in June and or third week in April, Jennifer, and the end of June. Two-part question, and we know mm-hmm. we're running out of time, and you've been generous as always. Um, is there something in the pipeline that, that 
people who are well-versed in not only the political system, but the Constitution and the legal system, as you are, that you see that the rest of us don't see? Um, And would you trade places with any of Donald Trump's legal representatives for any amount of money? Um, Take the second question first. (laughs) The answer is no. Um, I... uh, As you know, I don't take positions on the air. I won't take positions today other than to say that I think the the admitted conduct um, in a variety of contexts of of Mr. Trump um, was conduct that I would not feel comfortable, Wendy, uh, defending in a courtroom, period. Obviously, other lawyers feel differently. It would not be the first time that I turned down a client, but um, I would I would do that as to right? what's it as to what's in the pipeline. Uh, I think um, probably uh, it will be it it'll be subtle, but I'll just tell our listeners to keep their eyes open. The timeline question that Jennifer posed to me a moment ago, and we ended up out on December first. The one thing that could significantly speed that up is if the special counsel, the prosecutor, Mr. Smith, uh, reduces or or dismisses some of the more complex charges. So he makes it a much simpler case to try and a much simpler case to get ready to try. But right now, the judge looking at the four counts says, oh, my goodness, you know, this will take at least 90 days just to do the pretrial discovery. If Mr. Smith narrows the charges and, say, you know, drops two of, the, two of the indicted charges, that will presumably exponentially speed it up. So it, as to the pipeline question you just asked, Wendy, which is a great one, I would just say to our listeners, keep your eyes and ears open. If the special counsel drops one or two or maybe even three of the charges in D.C., because what that what that will tell them is Mr. Trump may be tried before the election, Wendy. Greg Willard, you are the best KTRS legal analyst. And as usual, we have all kinds of questions coming in for you. We'll have to save those for the next time. But thank you so much for lending your time, Greg. We really appreciate it. Thanks, Greg. Jennifer, great to be with you and Wendy both. Stay safe.